Hello, Internet, and welcome to the 203rd episode of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast, recorded on Friday, October 21st, 2022. That's right, we're doing a much less drunk Friday podcast again, because weekend commitments are weekend commitments. On the podcast today, we have a man who is going to answer the question... Do you think this Dahmer mania would hit us harder if we weren't Scotty boys, Ryan Holtz? I've I've literally had this exact conversation with coworkers. <laughs> like everyone's just like talking about Jeffrey Dahmer and how fucked up it is, and like, oh man, oh I didn't I didn't realize all like the homophobia angle of it all and all this shit, and I was just like, I didn't. I'm pretty sure that was widely reported on. Like I think mm-hmm. that's a you thing. If yeah. you didn't, if you weren't aware of that, like the whole. Like we don't have to investigate these murders because yeah. they're gay and yeah. And him saying like, Oh, that's my gay lover. And mm-hmm. like, and the guy's like, no, please help get me the yeah. fuck out of here. And he's like, Oh, you crazy gays. Right. I, like, you that make was me all, uncomfortable. I'm going to leave. Yeah. That was all very out there. Like that was reported on initially. So it's like, if you weren't aware of that, I don't know. I'm not calling you homophobic or anything like that, but like it does show mm. the lens of your world a little bit. But yeah, no, like 100%. I know, I knew the whole thing, like beginning to end. It, my, my uncle worked at the prison that he died in, in Portage, Wisconsin, like yeah. right down the road. We played Portage. I drove by the prison all the time and shit like that. Like it was, mm-hmm. it's a very Wisconsin story at the end of the day. And I think we all are probably more familiar with it than most random people on the street before now maybe now like people are watching it and getting more into it and watching documentaries and stuff but yeah i think i think i might have i think i might have the timeline a little wrong on this but i think my dad was in milwaukee going to college when like the murders were just kicking off uh yeah this is just a thing this is just a thing that happened and it's weird that it's being turned into even more content i think it's Ryan Murphy. You yeah. Know? It's like a member of the community. Mm. So at least there's that. It's not some cishet white dude just saying, hey, we can make a buco bucks from this carnage. Exploiting this story. <laughs> yeah. No, Jeffrey Dahmer was trying to make a gay sex zombie. Yeah. Because uh, he was horrifyingly, I don't know, just chemically imbalanced. From a very young age, he was one of those serial killers where everyone kind of knew he was a serial killer. <laughs> like I feel like sometimes you'll see the interviews and they're like, "We didn't know he was just a nice guy." Yeah, like I'm Jeffrey shocked. Dahmer was like a yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer was kind of like a, mm, we all kind of he was fucking creepy as shit. Yeah. Like his parents yeah. were like, "We don't know where we went wrong." Like it was we knew he was a little off. Yeah, the the reporters just I imagine approaching people from his life and going, "Hey." Someone you know is a horrific murder. We want you to guess who it was. Like, oh, yeah. Jeff? Yeah, Jeffrey? it was probably Jeff, right? 100%. <laughs> we're, we're... The word serial killer is still pretty new uh, at this point in time. Nope, yep, that fits. Yep. <laughs> Give off serial killer vibes before that was even Before thing. people even knew what a serial killer was. Yeah. It's the same thing with Ed Gein. 
People always talk about Ed Gein as like the first serial killer, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think he only killed like, one woman. Exactly. Like we're from Wisconsin. <laughs> we know the real story. It's like, yeah, Ed Gein maybe killed like one or two people. He was mostly just a grave robber. Yeah. Like, he, was, uh, he was really just a murderer. A, lo- a lunatic who oh, yeah. made things out of body parts for fun. But yeah. Yeah. the murder aspect was, yeah, like one, maybe two. Right. And like basically if Ed Gein uh, did that with... Uh, fucking deer parts or you know like an animal he would have just been a guy that killed a person and no one would remember him but mm-hmm. because he dug up human graves it's like oh scary it's like yeah i guess but like you can look at it as just body parts you know like he didn't do anything to get them or you know he just I, the the resident the, the residents of the community knew that uh there were going to be a bunch of fucking true crime freaks in the future that would flock to that house so they burned it to the ground yeah that is my favorite part of the story yeah. and people were taking shit off of the headstone too so they just made, made it an unmarked grave eventually mm. yeah that mm. yeah <laughs> look what happened anyway um also on the podcast today we have Andrew Clark, who's just going to tell me what his trade offer is in fantasy football. Stop beating around the bush. Stop like acting like you're doing this for my bet. Who do you want? What do you want? <laughs> you, wow. He, he even put that not in the planning document. Yeah, no, he, he wanted he, to ambush Andrew um, on a recording. No, I, I, I looked at a couple of uh, trade analyzers and they gave me numbers for like guys that were on our team that I don't really agree with. In the way that, like, <laughs> I, you, I don't think you would want to do this deal. Like the the most even number that I could come up with for Devonte Adams on like all of the trade analyzers was Ramondre Stevenson, which you know, borderline running back one, like mm-hmm. that. You know that kind of makes sense. Plus Adam Thielen or Romeo Dobbs, both of them were like equal in value, and so. That was where I was going to start because that's like the numbers that I saw when I looked up a couple of different trade analyzers. Um, but then I, I said, would you be willing to trade Devonte Adams? And you said, no, I am not. I'm like, okay, well then, then there's yeah, nothing then really to do. Followed up with a bunch of stuff. Well, that no, was you like, said, well, you know, it'd be beneficial for you. Just letting you know, probably good for you. If you know, uh, like the, check this stuff those out. other things were because you're my friend and you okay. said, I don't need to trade for a running back because Jeff Wilson's good and Elijah Mitchell is coming back and oh. he's going to be healthy. And then two yeah, hours later, <laughs> the 49ers traded for Christian McCaffrey. And then a few hours after that, J.K. Dobbins got knee surgeries and is going to be out for four to six weeks. And so I said, OK, I, I said, this doesn't mean you have to trade with me. It doesn't mean you should mm. drop these guys. But all of this stuff happened, and I think your plan is kind of topsy-turvy now, so you should maybe look to shore up running back. I didn't I didn't even say, like, so, okay. you know, you want to keep trading or anything like that? Mm, that, that was the implication. That was, oh, no, Lucas has this plan in place, and it has now completely fallen apart. Fantasy football, this is why I do it. To be sad and my machinations crumbling. Um, I don't know. I it <laughs> Ryan and I had this conversation previously. Andrew, your team currently being so uh 
dominant maybe isn't the right word, but at least so far ahead in wins. Uh, I have won a lot of really close bullshitty games. It's kind of beneficial for Ryan and I in the middle of the pack for you to just keep pulling ahead. Mm -hmm. So every year, like if if you're fighting for the middle, you want the top teams to keep winning unless they're going to like lose out. Like it's, it's going to be irrelevant. You, it would, it would be much better for the teams in the middle if the top guys keep winning, because that means that the guys in the middle uh, go down, or at least the guys in the bottom don't come up. Like, <laughs> right? You want you want to keep two or three teams below you. Like, you want them to keep losing, and you want to keep like two or three teams above you, them to keep winning, and then you just try to win as many as you can and hope you can do it. I mean, if your if your reasoning is I don't want to trade Devontae Adams because I don't want your team to be better, I get that. Like I, I want your team to be. Better. Yeah, no, it's oh. the opposite. We oh, want good team. Oh, well, then give me Devontae Adams, and in fact, give him to me for cheaper. <laughs> I, I still got to be competitive. I still got to get in there. Yeah, yeah. still need good yeah. value, but like all things equal, like if you're playing someone who's in the middle of the pack, we want you to win yeah. because yeah. we're probably not going to catch you at this point. I, so. I was very close to getting a deal done with another person in our league for Tyreek Hill a couple of days ago. And like at the last minute, it kind of fell apart and we're like, okay, like just we're going to walk away from this. It's all good. And then Marquise Brown got hurt. Like, okay, so now I really want to get at least a one wide receiver one. I have like a bunch of, you know, wide receivers I'd be comfortable playing. But like I I want a a guy that I don't have to feel nervous about (laughs) on any given week. So. Let's look around for a couple of those. And you had a team that I thought had kind of a a lack of strong running backs. And I have a bunch of them. So I thought that trade would make sense. Uh, Same thing with the other guy that I was doing a trade with. Um, Although a guy has gotten healthy. So now he's probably less willing to do that deal. So, yeah, I didn't really know where else to go from there. I just thought like, hey, are you willing to trade Devontae Adams? And you're like, no. Like, All right. I think me and Lucas had similar trades in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Where it was just kind of like, nah, eh, my team's good. No trades. And I was like, look, there's no negotiating there. I'm done. Moving along. But I guess I'd prefer that to like some of the other people in our league. They're like, oh, like, yeah, I'd be willing to. Uh, if, I don't know. If you, you know, I, I bet I could convince you that this guy that you aren't interested in is actually way better than this guy I'd be getting from you that everyone agrees is really good. Yeah. Uh, no, look, Lucas, Adam Thielen, he's about to pop off. You, He's going to be better than Devontae. You probably want him. <laughs> You're feeling Thielen? Come on. You got to be feeling Thielen. Five years ago, he was wide receiver too. <laughs> Age is like a fine wine. He's only become more wide receiver too. He's, he's only become whiter. <laughs> His quarterback is racist and that will shine through at some point. Yeah. His quarterback is Matthew Stafford on steroids and not in a good way. <laughs> in a only targeting white wide receivers way. Uh, and then not, last but not least, I am Lucas DeRider, and I celebrated the once in a blue moon occasion of football, basketball, and baseball happening and simultaneously. And hockey. Oh, it boy. was a sports equinox. 
Oh, baby, a quadruple. Wait, Equinox or Eclipse? They, I, I heard it called an Equinox. It's, it's a made up it's thing. Equinox. Yeah. Okay. Well, Equinox is like when planets align and shit, right? Yeah. That's fair. So it's like, oh, all the sports line up. Uh, I celebrated that by going for a run, uh, eating a lot of bread, and playing Overwatch 2 against my better judgment. <laughs> what? Like a, Can you elucidate? Like a peasant <laughs> in the 1600s. I don't know. Yeah, I had I had like half a baguette. I had some brie. I had some olive oil and balsamic vinaigrette. and like In shot glasses, by the way. <laughs> you take a bite of bread, shot of yeah, water, chase shot it. of balsamic. <laughs> you, you bite into the lime. <laughs> you know, you bite into the another loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> bite into a sourdough. You, you had a yeah, you had a nice baguette. You lick the brie. You, the flavors really come shoot together. Shoot the vinegar, bite the bread. This exactly. Is, this is terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I did. Didn't engage with any of it outside of the ESPN fantasy football app breaking in a really weird way. Yeah, no, it it, it was broken again today. Like the, the scores uh, that it was showing on your team page were different than the ones. I mean, I don't know about anyone else. I'm talking about my team page. Like the score on my team page was different than the one if you checked the matchup. Hmm. Uh, it was also different on computer than it was on a iPhone. Yeah, no, it's weird. ESPN kind of sucks. Yeah. Of course they do. They employ uh, Schefter. They suck. Shifty Schefter. Yeah. Speaking Ooh, of... Oh, go ahead. Damn. He had a Woj bomb yesterday. What? Uh, people, whenever like big stuff comes down, people call it a Woj bomb in... in because from the NBA, yeah. Woj. Adrian the the, Woj ba- the the basketball yeah. version of Adam Schefter. Mm. Yeah, he breaks big news. So yesterday, Christian McCaffrey trade to the 49ers. A random dude on Reddit uh, called it huh. like a week ago. He made a post that was just like, Christian McCaffrey's probably going to the 49ers. Like I have some insider information. The two sides are, they've reached terms like, <laughs> I think it's happening and everyone was like okay whatever you're just some random dude and then like yesterday morning or something he was like Schefter's gonna tweet this tonight <laughs> like it happened it's going it's it's through Christian McCaffrey is gonna be on the 49ers and then yeah like eight hours later he tweeted it and everyone was like that dude was right what the fuck <laughs> so. clout he has so much clout now yeah. is this a blind squirrel situation though or is this like the guy claimed he had insider knowledge i mean like sure he claimed that he knew i've seen a lot of guys that claim that they have insider knowledge say that things that never happened were going to happen it wasn't like a reporter it was some dude like yeah. it was it was a redditor yeah no like, like if it was a reporter yeah they do that for clout all the time where they like I saw the like Packers are quote all in on trading for Chase Claypool or whatever. And it was like, this dude's just throwing names out there. Like, and if he's right, he's right. Like, yeah. right. you know, he doesn't fucking know shit. No, this is a Reddit guy who was just like, I have insider knowledge. Pretty sure this is happening. You guys, um, it happened earlier. I think maybe last year where it was like, someone's getting traded. They heard it on Xbox live. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, the guy's like girlfriend was playing 
on and he heard it over the mic on Xbox Live. <laughs> he heard him being like, Oh, I'm going to Denver or whatever. Like it was like it's like this NFL players go I heard it over the mic on Xbox Live. So Damn, that's that's <laughs> nuts. We live in a weird world. This is these are all just people. Yeah. yeah. This is a conversation that would get us burned at the stake in medieval times. Yeah. Hey, man, mm-hmm. what's going on with you? Oh, you know, uh, I heard this guy over Xbox Live getting traded to the Denver Nuggets. Um, okay, I'm going to kill you <laughs> now. What you just I said know, scares me. I know none of what those nouns are. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I Yeah, no, big football news. Um, obviously, I don't want any player to ever get injured, but I think it would be the most Christian McCaffrey thing if in the first quarter of the first game for the 49ers, he just destroys name a part of his body. But yeah, yeah you can't really go like betting on a player getting injured, though, because any player could get hurt at any time. I mean, That's true. Like, I, not even just on the football field, in practice, or in their personal life, or guys can get suspended and right. all that shit. I guess, I don't know, I it was pretty widely reported, and I think it's been proved out throughout the season so far, that uh, his current team, former team, whatever, uh, they had intentionally given him a lighter load to prevent him from blowing out whatever part of his body again. No, they didn't. I don't know if the 49ers are going to do that. Well, the 40, the 49ers have always operated on like a, a backfield by committee. And they have two running backs that have been, you know, used extensively this season. So, like, I imagine that they would let like his load will probably be lesser than what it was in Carolina. And also his workload was not lessened uh, in Carolina. Like the other two running backs that they have on their team were not getting used at all. I'm talking like one or two carries a game. Like sometimes like taking some snaps off to like do pass protection and that's it. Like they were not being used. Christian McCaffrey is almost certainly going to have less of a workload in uh, San Francisco. That doesn't mean that his value will go down like because it's a better offense. It'll be more efficient. I don't know, man. Shanahan, he likes to ride those running backs into the ground. Yeah. Like time after time. But he, I mean, rides them into the ground, but still like uses a committee. Like there's always at least two guys getting utilized pretty heavily. He's never had anyone as talented as Christian McCaffrey. He's going to put Christian McCaffrey at wide receiver and permanently move Devo Samuel to running back. (laughs) The shanahan No, I don't know. Yeah, he's. I think that they might cancel each other out. 49ers running backs always get injured, and Christian McCaffrey always gets injured. So somehow now Christian McCaffrey is going to be the most reliable running back in the NFL who just never gets hurt, goes on like an Iron Man streak, plays for 10 more years without ever missing a game. I didn't say we're all most just like, reliable, and I didn't say he wasn't going to get hurt. I just think that he's not going to be playing. No, I'm, I'm saying that. that would be funny. Of the snaps like. Oh, you're saying, okay. Yeah. Like somehow the 49ers injury luck is going to be canceled out by Christian McCaffrey's injury luck. And he's just going to be a God. Like he's just going to go on to have the greatest running back career in NFL history play until he's in his mid thirties somehow. 
just never missing a game, <laughs> like just elite production and like sustaining the production because he can be used as like a receiver and a gadget player for a long time. Like, yeah, that would be amazing to me. It'd be all that we deserve. <laughs> Guys on the field with honor in 2040. Can't wait. Nope. Um, speaking of weird borderline conspiratorial events, uh, we're in news of the week. Um, as an update to a previous story, Bloomberg reports that former Bayonetta voice actor Helena Taylor was actually offered between 15 and 20 grand to reprise her role as Bayonetta. Um, her original video either used some very careful or intentionally misleading language to make it seem like she was offered much less. Uh, supposedly, she countered that offer of 15 grand to reprise the part with a six-figure salary and residuals. Um, and of course, Taylor denies uh, this uh, uh, this recount of events that has been offered by either uh, Nintendo Platinum Games or an insider leaking information to reporter Jason, uh, Jason Schreier. Yeah, I was going to say, this isn't just Bloomberg. This is yeah. the former Kotaku guy, right? Like, this is a big yes. video game name right. reporting this. It's odd. Uh, yeah, um, definitely doesn't paint her in a great light. Uh, there is some tinfoil hat stuff going on where apparently the uh SAG, uh, the part of the SAG AFTRA uh general contract that um uh deals with video game recording that does not uh currently uh involve residuals. Uh, that is set to expire, set to be renegotiated in the middle of November. So a lot of people are like, hmm, I don't know if the timeline works out, but is she maybe taking the hit there to be a sympathetic figure as these negotiations get underway? It's weird. It's weird and messy. And I don't know, gamers are gamers about this stuff. And there's a lot of big emotions, but I don't know. This is now just an interesting situation where an actor is kind of calling people out and negotiating in the press, which is not something that's seen super often in any media, I think. Yeah. I mean, it happens plenty, but like I said, voice actors at the end of the day just don't have the same cachet as live action actors because people can recreate a voice a lot easier than they can recreate a whole human being. <laughs> Like yeah. you're you're somewhat irreplaceable um I, when you're using your actual physical body when it's just your voice it can be done. Got fucking seeing the AI grifters get in on this new story saying, well actually the AI voice generating software I'm developing could perfectly recon uh, recreate Helena Taylor's take on Bayonetta from available audio only. They should just pay me to to do her voice for the game or you could buy this mod that I'd w make with this technology yep yeah I don't I don't know how that would work because then we're, we're talking about digital rights to your likeness right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's still... I think it's much more easier for them to just hire someone who yeah. can do Bayonetta's voice <laughs> like it's not do... that complicated huh. it it's kind of a weird question, though. Like, if you're saying that 
you know, AI can't recreate someone's voice because that's a, a violation of their digital likeness. But it's fine for someone to make money off of pretending, like basically shaping their voice to pretend to be you. Mm-hmm. Then, but that that's fine. It's just, it's a weird uh, situation for me. Yeah. Like, wait, hold if on. You could... Like this person is making money because they can sound like me. But yeah. I can't make money for having my own voice. Yeah, it's it's weird. No, it's fine that there there is a very distinct like distinction between those two. Like AI, yeah, you are stealing someone's digital likeness when you're just sounding like another person. That's not if there were if there was a famous person in Hollywood who happened to have a literal identical twin, and like then they were got into negotiations and things fell apart and they walked away, and Hollywood hired their identical twin to just play the same part and be the same as this is, the other actor that would be 100% okay but yeah is, if like they deep faked them without their permission and digitally recreated them no that wouldn't I'm not wouldn't no work. I understand that's how, that's how it works I'm not saying that that's like a legal gray area I'm saying that's weird to me like the distinction between those two things because it's like you can't pretend to be this person you have to pretend to be this person well, it's not pretending to be this person. It's literally taking their likeness. AI is that—that that would be the difference, right? Like AI is literally taking voice snippets from this person without mm. their permission. Yeah. If they took voice snippets from an impressionist who is doing their own performance mm. and then digitally recreated that with the voice impressionist's permission, then sure. But no, it's—it's it's without the permission of the actual performer. Is—is is where you're getting getting sketchy, where it's getting different. But yeah. There's a whole cottage industry, especially out here in Los Angeles, of celebrity impersonators. I don't know if I have a broader point to make on that, but just another wrinkle. People are already already getting paid, making making side money doing this stuff. Yeah. There's a new Final Fantasy 16 trailer. I am even more hyped from it. Give me those fantasy politics. Summer 2023 can't get here fast enough. So many proper nouns, so many, so many kingdoms, so much lore to learn and keep track of. Eat mm. your heart out, George R. R. Martin. Give me, yeah, yeah. give me those fantasy yeah, politics. Man. Oh, you yeah. like fantasy politics? If only wow. there was a show on television right now that was about fantasy politics that everyone likes. Yeah, and has been verified as good by two of your closest confidants. <laughs> man, I wish that existed. We- we spent like 10 minutes in the last episode talking about how dumb it was that one of the characters in House of Dragon killed a bunch of people and then was like, no, I'm high roading. I'm not going to kill people when it's actually beneficial to me to do so. You're right. Oh, so are we, we going to be allowed to go into Final Fantasy yeah. 16 and nitpick each and every detail that is stupid and makes no sense? Because there's been, I are we allowed to there, do there's that? There's been hundreds of scenes in House of the Dragon. <laughs> And maybe like two or three that weren't that good. <laughs> I'm going if you if you pull this shit, we're gonna play this game and we're going to make your life miserable. <laughs> Every single plot detail is going to be, be nonsense. This game's going to be nonsense. <laughs> you know that. You know that because there's been like 25 of these sons of bitches, <laughs> and maybe three of them aren't bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I'd say most Final Fantasy games are good. Yeah. Yeah, full stop. <laughs> uh, no, I would welcome it if y'all played Final Fantasy 16. I'll lend you my copy because I'm definitely wow, Andrew immediately with a head shake. Look, I've recommended a lot of things to you that you just are not willing to try. I'm not I'm not going to give Final Fantasy 16 good enough graces what what would i have to check out for you to check out final fantasy 16 andrew don't put that impetus on me one or both of the horizon games the whole thing damn a a well-regarded game that is just i don't know very good at the worst uh okay one of, one of the faces um, of playstation get it's, mm. it's getting its own netflix show that's probably going to be bad <laughs> oh my a netflix show they don't just give those to anyone that's like the upper echelon of content <laughs> uh i there there is nothing that you can check out that will make me check out final fantasy 16 i bad. will probably google some of the plot elements if you continue to okay. hold hold some of the holes in the house of the dragon yeah I'll, in I'll such read high regard yeah I'll, plot I'll find stupid shit <laughs> it'll be fun i the setup is fun to me the setup of hey this child can summon the wrong god and that kind of throws all of this political machination political balance into disarray I'm looking forward to that. The setup of the House of the Dragon is not fun to you. Like, literally a show that you loved is back. Like, King's Landing is back. All the houses are back. They're fucking absolutely stabbing each other in the back at every single corner, fighting each other for power. They're bringing in Essos already with the Crab Feeder and other plot lines like that. The Triarchy and shit. The Triarchy, the Free Cities... Damon's got connections to Pentos. Like, it's a, it's fucking popping off. There's more dragons like, than there were before. Yeah, the dragons aren't like little bitch ass dragons either. Like, these are some of these dragons are like old dragons. Like, fucking what's what's his name? Uh, Vagar. Vagar is like the, <laughs> the size of dragon. a goddamn castle. Yeah. <laughs> like, no offense to Danny's dragons, but these are like. Vagar saw the saw old Valyria. Like he is he is an ancient beast that should not be trifled with. Ah, <laughs> uh, I do love dragons that are older than time. That's a fun concept. Why didn't they go get Vagar earlier? Like they they're just kind of like, yeah, we'll let Vagar be. And then finally, when like Damon got married again, they were like, all right, let's let's go get this son of a bitch. Like I kind of assumed that Vagar was like untamable. The way that they talked about him, but then they just kind of like got him. Well, I know because um, uh, Lena was Vagar's writer, and like mm-hmm. she, he was, or I don't know, if, uh, Vagar is. I'm saying before Lena, like she said, mem- do you remember the scene with Lena and Viserys in the garden when they were first like gonna maybe marry each other, and she was asking him about Vagar and everything like that? 
Um, she was like, where's, where's Vagar? Where do you, have you heard any reports of him and everything? Like, like she was fascinated with Vagar. So then oh, you know, the fact that I don't she think ended I picked, up on him. I don't think I picked that up. Oh yeah. She, she was asking questions specifically about Vagar and she was like, you were Vagar's last writer. Like, do you know where he is? And stuff like that. And the king mm. was just kind of like, eh, we've heard reports that he's over here or whatever. No, I, I do not so. remember that at all. Mm-hmm. Huh. I mean, it's not, it's not even one of those. Yeah, no, we can use Vagar. This this is a draw. Then, like the consequences of using Vagar immediately <laughs> make this a pyrrhic victory. Like this is, or or Vagar's living out in the woods, uh, cutting down trees, <laughs> living off the land, and he's like, Vagar, we need you. Like, I'm retired. I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> One last job, Vagar. No, yeah, like you yeah. son of a bitch. We oh, call man. we call in Vagar, and then yeah, we get the land we were fighting over, but now it's a land that's been destroyed by Vagar. Like, what can we do? I mean, yeah, he is kind of fucking a cheat code. Yeah. yeah. Like it, in this coming war. Yeah. One of one of the most significant scenes in the show, uh, like kind of devolved into like family squabble politics and yeah. it was like hold on one of these sides just got the biggest baddest dragon yeah like, there there's a scene where like this one person's like i can't believe she did that and then her dad's like are you fucking kidding me we just <laughs> got the biggest dragon on yeah. earth we are yeah. going to win now now this i can put my great. plans into motion <laughs> Jesus. Right. like a little kid is like yeah i got really fucked up it seems like a fair trade. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is all this is all gravy to me. So I don't know. <sighs> um, I, there was no segue into this. After a decade of no new Silent Hill games, there are gonna be like five new Silent Hills games. Didn't wasn't this supposed to be one that got canceled? The Norman Reedus one. Yes. Yeah, the yes. One. I. So couldn't this be canceled too? Ooh. Or no? Um, I mean, yeah, that's a fear among the community, among the diehards I've been uh, paying attention to what? on the internet and social media, that, that could... Konami could just cancel any of these at any time like they did with PT. I mean, they could, but the reason that game got canceled was because of the fallout with Kojima. Konami split with Kojima, and that's why the game that he was working on didn't exist anymore. I don't know if we got the order of events of that ever made super clear. Like, it's not... We don't know if Konami canceled PT and then Kojima left or because of other issues going on at the company. Like, them probably being mostly run by the Yakuza. I don't know who said that. Um, what? Uh, Kojima was like, ah, I'm going to leave. And then PT was uh, shuttered down as a result. It seemed, it seemed like they had gameplay and shit like right. that. Like it was they a made demo. that playable trailer. Yeah, they they obviously had the demo and everything, but they also had yeah, like full blown trailer with gameplay and shit like that. Like it was, it was not in the early stages of development. So, I don't know. Yeah, the protagonist's name is James Sunderland, which is my football team that I'm a fan of. <laughs> Sunderland. I'm James till I die, Sunderland. Yes. Um, I guess uh, that Silent Hill 2 remake is being made by Blooper Team, which is a little contentious because 
I don't know, some of their games, I think the medium in particular, not great about mental health depictions. Also, maybe they gave a pedophile a redemption arc in that game. <laughs> uh, weird yeah. priorities. Weird priorities there. Um, Japan. <laughs> Never I'm, I'm looking forward to the one written by uh, Japanese writer Ryokishi07, who got his start writing weird fan fiction in doujin circles and has just been coming up since then. I should play all the Silent Hills games. Isn't that most writers at this point coming up through fan fiction? Feels like it's growing. Feels like it's a growing path to success in that field. That's why there's so many, I don't know, Harry Potter level yeah. writing out there. By that, did, I mean uh, not great. <laughs> did the Fifty Shades of Grey author, did she ever do follow-up? Is she trying to spin that into more, or did she just cash out respectfully? I don't know, man. Respectfully. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know if it's possible to cash out respectfully. I'm sure that she's done other stuff. Fifty Shades of Grey. E.L. James. I believe that's a pen name. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Erica Mitchell huh. is a British author. Tracks. First book, unconnected, unconnected to the fictional world of Fifty Shades, The Mister to negative critical reaction. Oh, oh she, so she's tried. She wrote three companion novels that were the Fifty Shades of Grey books, but told from the perspective of the guy that are, I Whoa. guess, like full books. <laughs> Jesus. I- I mean, oh, I, mm, mm. gosh. Well, she got paid for the first three at least. I'm mean, probably, I'm sure she's fucking rolling in it. Oh, yeah. Like those movies did fine. Oh, that's true. They weren't bombs. <laughs> mm-hmm. I forgot about the movies. Let's see. What's her net worth? What if she's worth more than J.K. Rowling? Yes. No. 150 mil. Yeah. I mean, yeah, nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. No. That's more money uh, than all generational shit. For what uh, should have been published on AO3, and that's it. Not bad. I mean, like, I don't want to take, like, sure, the writing might not be good quality, but, like, she spoke to her target audience in a way that, like, a lot of authors couldn't, you know? Like, it might not be great smut or very well written or anything like that, but, like, she, as a representative of her target demographic, wrote a good story for her target demographic. And you know what? You yeah, can't. That's fair. You can't yeah. knock the hustle. And that's I apologize. I spoke poorly. Uh, what I meant to say is that there's better smut on AO3 than uh, what is in for the Fifty you. Shades of Grey book. Yeah. I think I think if you introduced a middle-aged housewife to some of the shit on AO3, they would run screaming in the other direction. So I think a nice gentle. I don't know, man. The introduction to smut is probably yeah. necessary. I never really <laughs> thought I'd see Lucas kink shaming old women. <laughs> that's what we are. I don't know, are. man. I'm, I'm gonna. I, I have a route forward. Gonna show a bunch of housewives. Like, oh, check out this spicy Mando fic. He takes off his helmet. Can you believe that? Get in there. Uh, Get in there. Whenever smut refers to a woman's genitals as her sex. I'm done. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, fucking no, I've, I've seen that shit ah, before. 
And yeah, not just sm- like George R. R. Martin did it a couple of times in the in the Game of Thrones, but it, uh, I just fucking I can't. <laughs> it, mm. Yeah, it is a little. It's it's, it's almost clinical. Yeah, it's weird. It's like mm-hmm. they're trying to find a tasteful way to refer to genitals. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it's the equivalent of like when you hear like a guy's dick called his member, and yeah. like that just it, it's still weird but it's mostly dumb but when i hear sex in referring to a vagina i'm like oh jesus fucking christ (laughs) (laughs) well it's because i feel like member they usually undercut it like it'll say like his member was rock hard and it's like well (laughs) his throbbing red hairy veiny member yeah it's not not really as classy anymore you kind of right kind of ruined it a little bit but yeah they'll usually say something weird like her sex glistened in the sun. Uh, like, ah, <laughs> like, you just can't. Might as well be talking about her appendix. <laughs> now we're Yuck. getting into the dredges of AO3. Yeah, now we're getting into no, AO3. No. This is the shit that'll send middle-aged housewives running. Yeah. Yikes. <sighs> All right. Also no transition to this one. Francis Fukuyama is back on his bullshit. Whoa. I- you gotta respect the history's not dead guy. Uh, history is dead guy. Just taking an L for thirty years and being like, "Well, actually, more proof that this that. really is the end of history." Jesus Christ! Yeah, I've not read this article. I it's I remember the end of history thing from back in college. So it is using the. It is using Russia, the Russia's Russia's uh, failure of being able to just take over Ukraine unilaterally as further evidence that uh, Eastern uh, fascism, Eastern authoritarianism is collapsing. So the Western democratic liberalism is going to prevail and as that's and that's the, the end of history yes western liberal democracies mm-hmm. never squabble <laughs> i it my bit my biggest criticism of this writing is that it does kind of yeah it, he admits it he admits that like one in five americans uh are just kind of fascist leaning yeah but it's just like oh yeah but like that's gonna be sorted out like that's that's fine i mean yeah in the second paragraph he talks about like look we've seen countless examples of why this isn't true in the last 15 years that doesn't mean i'm wrong (laughs) Jesus. also like what analyst in their right mind is like yeah russia's on the verge of collapse like There'll be a Western democracy after Putin falls. Like, no, they're just That's... some other strong man is gonna step up and they're gonna continue to be an authoritarian state. Like, what? They're not they're not gonna just like fucking chill and have a great time yeah, after a, Putin goes down. A far-reaching nuclear power with an incredibly strong military and a history yeah. of dictatorship uh falling into disarray is a is a <laughs> sign that. That, that'll never happen again yeah the people are just gonna like perfectly rise up and form a unbelievable democracy out of fucking rubble yeah the, <laughs> and it's also his whole idea of like yeah they'll form the perfect form of human human civilization neoliberalism yeah, <laughs> yeah they'll finally join the modern 
economic system and capitalism which has no problems and that's why it hasn't changed in i don't know 15 20 years that's and there totally aren't a bunch of russian oligarchs that very much participate in capitalism and western society and make billions and billions of dollars and are the actual key holders for power in russia yay i Andrew, thanks for liking this tweet. But uh, yeah, no, I I need to be kinder to myself and my writing because if Francis Fukuyama can still get published g- doubling down on a widely disproven and dragged and mocked by shitheads like us premise, like, I can do anything. I can write anything and still be fine. I'm going to go. Yeah. What's yeah. the worst that could happen? Like, let's not even mention COVID. Like, we don't even have to bring up COVID, which is just, that's it. Like, that's all you would have to say to disprove the whole, like, history is dead. COVID has proved that we are very vulnerable to unbelievable societal change, like, happening instantly. All COVID had to do would was i don't know have a slightly higher uh, fatality yeah. rate and five percent more deadly. yeah instead of like a tenth of a percent yeah if it was i mean not even anything crazy like the spanish flu like it could be yeah four or five percent uh fatal and civilization is done <laughs> like it is it is martial law it is just immediate fascism. I mean, it is it is anything and anything everywhere you can think of. It's it's yeah. It could happen. It could happen tomorrow. It'll happen to you. Yeah. There's there's absolutely no fucking way that we don't have another fucking crazy ass pandemic in our lifetimes. Yeah. God. It's the way that we're built the kind of uh, globalist society that we have right now is built for easily transmitting diseases. And all it takes is one that we haven't seen before, or that's a little bit different than one we've seen before. And everything comes crashing down. There you go. Speaking of things crashing down, (laughs) Liz Truss resigns from her position as UK Prime Minister after, what, like, 45 days? This is incredibly funny, but I was also a little weirded out by, like, how much I've seen of this in American social media. Like, people are very concerned about this, and I don't really know why. I mean, Americans. I can see why the British would be concerned about this, because... She came in, instituted a policy that tanked the currency, and then fucked off I in mean, less than two months. Also, maybe she killed Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. The odds that the longest reigning monarch in UK history would die during the term of the shortest reigning yeah. prime she, minister. She died like four or five days after meeting her. Yeah. yeah. Like it's so low. It's so so low. It's I, unbelievable. I mean, it's, I it's weird. It's weird that, I yeah, the most powerful person in a pretty powerful nation just nopes out of the job after a month and a half. It's a little concerning. It's a little strange. Yeah. Um, no, I I'm kind of I, I feel like. It's not weird for us in America to be tripped the fuck out by this because, like, 
I don't know, the UK is still at the end of the day, one of our biggest, if not our biggest ally. And like, they're just in fucking disarray. The article came out that Boris Johnson will be considered oh, to replace no. her. Oh, you didn't see that? Okay. No, 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 no. no. I did part see that. I thought the guy was memeing. No, no, that's all in the cards. Like, yeah, could happen. Jesus. Just straight up, they go back to Boris Johnson. Like, there's no one left in the in the Tories. Like, the conservatives straight up, their roster is empty. They're just looking and they're like, I mean, Boris was better. Like, it's not, it's not saying much, but... I guess, and and the general election is for another two years. So, like, do you think Conservatives got nothing? Would the European Union take the UK back? No, I mean not right now. I mean now they're a liability, but Uh, not without yeah some significant concessions and everything like that. Like, God, that's that's the bar. At least Boris is around. Like, yeah, he's a breathing human being, barely. I don't know if you've seen the conspiracies, but like, it's not insane to kind of connect dots. Like a, she resigned on literally the first day that she was eligible to receive the pension as a former prime minister. Um, She's been connected to people who trade in currency before. Mm -hmm. And she literally walked in immediately tanked the pound resigned and the pound recovered. Like, Mm. Boy, if she has some connections to people who do currency trading and she ha- said, hey, I'm going to institute this policy that's going to tank the pound. Literally, you could stand to make billions like if you invest properly, knowing that the pound is going to tank at this day and recover at this day. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. Could have been the greatest grift anyone ever pulled. I'm not, I... I'm not There's there's not really any evidence at this point of that, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel a little weird saying this is an American because we are bad at doing this, but somebody over there should probably look into that and try to hold people accountable. Yeah, no, we're bad at the holding accountable part. I feel like we we do get the scoop and the articles get out there. I think and it's just like, all right, keep keep going to Congress, even though you literally invested. We have a we have a free press. I mean, Mm -hmm. the the people don't have any power. That's the whole thing. Right. Here at least. Um yeah, who were the four in the beginning of COVID that were they were briefed on COVID and um, immediately did a bunch of trades like um, the, that night? Shit, I don't remember. I think it was like four. How many of them are still I, I think seat? all of I'll them. look for it? I think all yeah. of them. Pelosi Thanks. was one of them, I think. Or no no, Pelosi wasn't one of them. Pelosi is uh the one that you're supposed to look at if you want to make good investments because she inside trades and that no one right, can do yeah. anything about it. Um, in February 2020, okay, Richard Burr was one of them. Sold more than one and a half million in stocks. Jesus Christ. Mm. <laughs> so bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. All right. Uh, I do definitely think it's weird that Wales is just not part of the United Kingdom anymore. Liz Truss said she brought that from home when she packed up at the office. And uh, what? Yeah, that's it. A what? I'm making a joke. I'm making a joke that she took Wales with her when she oh, quit. Okay. She's not part of the UK anymore. She brought it from home. Look, I'm sure they'd be happy about it, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, boy, and speaking of people 
just not just speed running shit. Uh, report came out that the average on ta- uh, on site time for a UK OnlyFans visitor is one minute and thirty seven seconds. What is it for an American visitor, though? I mean, yeah, I, I do need to see yeah, other countries to properly judge. There's got to be like, I mean, what? what's the whole thing here? Like someone's looking for someone's only fan page and they click, Oh, that's the wrong one back. Click. Oh, that's the wrong one back. That's the wrong one back. So their average time is like 0.3 seconds. And then there's the person that's on there for hours. Uh, so this is extrapolating a little bit, uh, Google auto answer. The average visit duration of the site is four minutes and 30 seconds. The majority of OnlyFans traffic is coming from the U S at 43%. Okay. Wait, so OnlyFans, the whole website averages just over four minutes? Uh, on average session time, yes. Wait, where do you see that? I, uh, I that see was top result, uh, Google American average OnlyFans ah, time. Ah, I see. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay, they're built different. Uh, better, faster. <laughs> the average Twitch... Visitor time is four minutes and 47 seconds, which I assume is for a similar yeah. reason of like click in, click yeah. out, click in, click out. But um, no, no, that's that's still nuts where the platform that their whole idea is you're supposed to watch their stream for hours. I'm looking at some of these and I'm wondering, it says average daily visitor time. Oh, I'm not sure that that's not skewing these numbers somehow like it's like I don't, I don't know like it just means like how many like maybe it's taking an average of all users even ones that don't use the site or something. i don't know hmm. it's just it's kind of a strange it's awkward category. wording yeah because i know twitch is very very long like average mm-hmm. view time of a twitch stream is like measured in hours not minutes it might be, I, from my purview of my position, I, it might be like after a threshold. Like, yeah, once you uh, discount the people who are only on there for a minute, like extremes on both ends of the spectrum, then that average might go way up. The person who wrote this article is very casual about their only <laughs> I am, yes, yeah. I'm a fan of uh, Anna Valens' writing. In my case, I actually prefer to use OnlyFans to subscribe to a wide assortment of queer models that I regularly check and just like goes into explicit detail with like all the receipts for their OnlyFans habits. Like, you know, good for you, miss. I wish I was so brave. Hypnosis kink is I mean, I don't believe in hypnosis, but isn't the premise behind that very problematic at the least? Yeah. Andrew, oh, I don't know I'm, how to tell you. I'm doing that... things against my will. Ooh, so yeah, are Andrew. you. Yeah, that's why. Are, that's what bondage is. Yes. Like every, like... Most kinks involve some level of like playing with taboo. And I, I know we all make it. Oh, consensual non-consent. That's the weirdest, yeah. freakiest kink out there. That's built into like half of what I know. But morning. like in bondage, you can still like say like, okay, stop. Like I and you it, can say that for hypnosis. Yeah, hypnosis isn't real. Well, I know it's not real, but like in their minds, it is. Like I can't say no. no. It's not. It's not fucking real. Hypnosis is the fakest 
shit. No, no, no. Ever. I get that. I'm saying the people that like the idea of hypnosis, like, and yeah. it's like which ones, like the the performer or the like receiver, like who 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 do you think is believe? Like, I think that hypnosis kink is for the person, like the performer who's pretending mm-hmm. to be hypnotized. I don't think that's their necessarily their kink. Okay. That they like to pretend to be hypnotized. I think it's more for the other person who likes to engage with someone who's pretending to be hypnotized. I could be mistaken here. Okay. I, so there are definitely different genres of hypno kink, but I, I think what this article is referring to is the one where it's the receiver is being hypnotized. Like that, that is the kink. Okay. Like it is not somebody. Wait, pre- what? No, no, wait. <laughs> Sorry, you were going to explain. No, no, no I, I, I think I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, like the bit is that, oh, yeah, I'm going to hypnotize you and make you sexually aroused by things you wouldn't be otherwise and force femmed or something. Not, oh, yeah, this is just a video of somebody pretending to be hypnotized and no. doing sex stuff. I, I thought it was more of like a, oh, I'm hypnotized. You can do anything you want to me because yeah, I can't that's say what I no. Thought too. Like, yeah, I, th- I thought the, it was more I, of Andrew's line. I believe that would be considered mind control kink. <laughs> I like it. okay. No, 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 no. Bear. That's mind control. This is hypnosis. Oh, I have a chart here somewhere. Yeah. Like, hold on. So hypnosis is basic. Basically, hypnosis is just like a paper thin excuse to explore like other kinks, basically. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm hypnotized. Now so you're like to be pegged. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Fair. Eh, whatever i definitely i i always i think because mind control a little bit more mainstream potentially than that's it, fair yeah is the is the idea then like you can't you're like you you don't feel weird about it afterwards right. you're like no i don't like being pegged i was right. being hypnotized you into hypnotized liking, yeah. me to like that yeah well like the brain is a really fucking powerful thing so like mm-hmm. even if you know that like hypnosis is bullshit like they're not actually doing anything to you like it can still yeah like activate parts of your brain that are like ha 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 now you're in the clear baby you've got an excuse you can not like feel the shame associated with this act you know like people are psychologically i it's also complicated i yeah power dynamic stuff is some of the most common place kink and this is just a framing device for some of that for some of that loss of control and autonomy for sexual purposes yeah it's one of those things where it's like hypnosis versus the power of suggestion where the power of suggestion is real because of all this dumb ass psychology that our dumb human brains go through but it's not it's not like what people think of where it's like yeah, this is just meditation. Yeah, but yeah. white version. Or like... no, dude, <laughs> my my favorite one is when people talk about manifesting. And they're like, no, mm. I manifest. And it's like it's it's a 50-50 split between no, I'm manifesting. So the the cosmic forces of the universe are going to make something that I want to happen happen versus I'm manifesting, which means I'm working really hard towards this goal yeah. that I want. I, Do people really, I like, I look, I guess I could see people who are like very into star signs and shit like that being that way. But I feel like most people, when they say that they're manifesting something are just implying that like, oh, I'm orienting myself yeah. towards this goal. No, right. No, that's and like exactly. properly setting the goal. I think most I, people are doing that where it's like, yeah, I'm okay. manifesting, which means 
yeah, I'm working towards this goal that I have. I really right. want it. So I'm going to do the things that would lead to that goal. But some right. people are like, no, I'm manifesting, which means I'm praying really hard to the sun and the thing that I want will be materialized out of nothing. I, it's that's... literally an always sunny bit where they <laughs> like have an episode with vision boards and they're just like, yeah, just whatever you put on the vision board, you get like, that's how <laughs> it works. It's fucking great. So they're all just like putting random shit on their vision board and then, yeah, like doing nothing about it. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not how I need, like the vision board is the idea is then you're properly like your eyes are on yeah. the prize, you know? And even stuff like tarot, like is just, I don't know, like reframing the way you think about things. But some people think that it's like, yeah, the ghosts are going to make this happen. I don't know. It's weird. I've definitely, I've definitely increasingly used uh, manifesting instead of praying in my everyday language. Like I'm manifesting that Final Fantasy 16 is going to be good. No, see, but like that, you don't have any control over that. That right. is just trying to hope that, I don't know, the <laughs> vibes match up. Like, yeah, that's, that's what manifesting that's is. Yeah, you're doing the bullshit part of manifesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you were a game dev working on Final Fantasy 16, then you could do manifesting properly. But as a consumer, you are you are just bullshitting. Manifesting. Look, fair enough. Whatever you got to tell yourself to sleep at night, that's what I say. Yeah. All the people that love their star signs and bullshit like that, you fucking do you. I'm, I'll stay far away. <laughs> like, I. So, like, it's my understanding now that star signs are composed of a sun sign and a moon sign. Like, there, yeah, there's a yeah, whole. There's, oh my god, they're splitting it. They're they're doing all sorts of shit now. It's it's getting a little out of control. Honestly. What? <laughs> I I think I told you guys I don't know if it was made the story that like one of my girlfriends in high school broke up with me because she saw a, a psychic oh yeah <laughs> the psychic told her that like the current relationship path that she's on is not the right one <laughs> like people be fucking weird you know like when I found that out things kind of shifted in my mindset i was like oh i don't need to feel bad anymore because that would have never worked <laughs> like wait is this fine actually yeah. do i like myself enough that i'm cool being alone if it means i don't have to deal with whatever that was becoming? yeah whatever okay. the fuck that is about huh. Look, okay. probably again just like a paper thin excuse of like uh now i have a reason but like I don't know if you're going to claim that that's a thing that you actually give enough credence to that you will make like big personal decisions based on then. Yeah, probably don't need to have you in my everyday life. That's OK. That's fair. Um, I don't think there are any memes this week. Uh, people dragging on the UK for various reasons. Kind of a meme. That's always a we're Americans. That's always a low key background meme. Yeah. Um, Memes are dead. It's fine. A little bit. We're in our late twenties. Yeah. Wait, yeah. So not it's not history that is dead. It's memes. Memes are dead. Get on that, Francis Fukuyama. Yeah. Ryan, what have you been checking out? Oh man, um, we're obviously still watching House of the Dragon. Yeah. Finale coming up this week. Very good. 
still watching the final season of Ozark, which is also good. I'm enjoying Jason Bateman. Ooh. He's a blast. Mm. Um, otherwise, what? I don't know. Watching Amazing Race as well, Survivor, some of the classic reality shows. Hell yeah. It's good stuff. Do I don't, I don't know if anything holds up as much as it did when we were maybe first checking out some of the stuff when we were eight, but yeah, does Survivor, does The Amazing Race, is it still good? I like it. I'm entertained by it. They're, they're fun to watch. Mm. This this week in Amazing Race, they went to, um, God, I already forgot the name of the place. It's in <laughs> Jordan. It's that city that's like carved into the like, oh, cliffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm from Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, it is in there. Um, Petra. So, yeah, they went to Petra and it's just like, holy shit, like, this is so cool, you know? challenges were fucking lame it was actually a pretty bad episode but like i don't know that's part of the amazing race is that you go to like these crazy ass places and you get a little bit of escapism in the middle of your week you know mm-hmm. so yeah no i think it's all worth worth watching at this point it's not going to win any emmys but that's okay doesn't need to it's, they're both on their guy 18th season or something like that they're they're winning by any measure um speaking of tv Chainsaw Man episode two is out. Power is present now. Hooray. Uh, there have been some like standard adaption, adapt, adaptation. There we go. Changes between the manga and anime. Skipping over uh, some things. Uh, one change that's raised a lot of eyebrows, though, uh, created a lot of concern. They just removed a part where the main character is singing about how much he likes his union job and PTO and like that's weird that the animation studio MAPPA that is notorious for making employees crunch and just generally not treating them well would remove (laughs) what is even kind of like an ironic mention of unions because the whole point of the scene is man look at this fucking idiot who's so happy about normal shit what should be normal shit that he's singing about it in the bathtub uh also the japanese uh title term senpai was translated as big man and i have not seen that before in anime and i appreciate it (laughs) sounds kind (laughs) of (laughs) off maybe it's like a contextual thing i mean the the context is like yeah he's the new guy on this job and this is like not his boss but like his supervisor he's basically calling his foreman big man like hey big man how does how does any of this work hmm. i liked it i thought it what was what is the cool. literal translation of senpai uh i think senior what a senior member of a group yeah a mentor senpai has a very Different, different connotation yeah. in modern culture. <laughs> so wait, yeah, big man is probably like a closer to a literal translation, right? Like a literal. I mean, like translation. Obviously, there's contextual stuff in the way that like right. bitch means different things in the way that you use it. But yeah, I think I mean there's a whole debate about whether or not um or well mm, how great it is that a lot of anime translations today are leaning increasingly into American colloquialisms, but I don't know. This one was fun. I like this one. 
Here you go. Andrew, what's going on on your end? Uh, not a whole lot. Like we said, we're recording on a Friday. So we haven't seen the finale of House of the Dragon yet. Uh, there's only been one episode of Andor since we talked about it last. It's still pretty good. Uh, there's a scene in it where Andor is being harassed by what is essentially like a local cop. Which is like, are you a part of it? And he's like, part of what? And he's like, it. You know what I'm talking about. Don't play dumb. Like just, you know, your typical fascist cop shit. Yeah, classic cop yeah. shit. And then gets whisked away to jail and they're like yeah i know you just got found guilty he's like but i didn't do anything they're like but you got found guilty you fuckhead uh wait hold on hold on the guy's name is andor his last name is andor his name is cassian andor i thought that was like a planet no that's 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 (laughs) andor oh forgive me yeah no okay yeah they've never named two things similar like it could definitely be a planet I'm no, sorry, no. continue. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I, I get it. Mm. It's It sounds very similar to another thing. It's kind of dumb that they decided to name a guy that. Uh, I saw a lot of discourse online, like, what was up with that guy? Why was he being so dumb when he was talking to Andor? <laughs> They're like, just not getting that the whole point of it. It's just like, yeah, no, this is how, like, occupiers talk to people that they are in control of. It, like, come on. And then... There was this plot development that a heist that they were doing earlier in the show. That was a big thing where they're trying to steal money to fund this burgeoning rebellion was, yeah, the money part of it was great. But the real reasoning behind it was because the guy that organized the heist wanted the Empire to crack down super hard because he was saying the creep of fascism has been so slow. We don't even realize we're being strangled. We need them to force their hand and crack down and make people's lives miserable so that they can realize how bad this shit is and they can finally realize, oh, we need to fight back. I, I thought that was a, a really cool development. They're like, people are going to die. It's like, people are already dying. Fuck you. Right. Hey, can the you take frog in the, the boiling pot of water. Can you like, take one uh... for the team, especially marginalized people? Then we can get on it. Then we can get every get make things better for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. The slow creep of fascism. Uh, cool. I'm glad you are still enjoying Andor. I can't wait for us to talk about House of the Dragon. Yeah, probably not next week because we'll be in Vegas, but uh, sometime in November, early November. Um, I've spent too much time grinding things out in uh, Overwatch 2, uh, really learning the game, really figuring out how I can be the best healer, what kind of compositions work. Um how to die less. That had been a thing that had really been holding me back before. Uh, I'm better about that now. Um, sticking in a couple of kills, a couple of assists. Uh, yeah, just getting better with that full roster of healing characters. And the game has rewarded me for that by taking me from silver three to bronze rank one. <laughs> Have you tried so, a different role? Yeah, I was going to say, here's a question for you. In theory healers are going to have the least amount of direct impact on the game, right? Like you're only going to be as good as your DPS and your tanks. Like it's going to be difficult to affect the game as much as the, as the people who are directly Mm -hmm. killing other people. Right. So it's almost like, yeah, you might be a much better healer, 
this this is kind of like when you wanted to write for that one outlet and then we're like oh your editorial standards are lower like i thought you were a big name it's it's kind of like it might not be that relevant like how <laughs> how good you are personally like it might be right. more about external factors that are out of your control and then yeah i don't i hope something comes out that i'm proven wrong about this and that the people making this game are actually competent but no one really seems to know how to rank up as a healer in competitive overwatch 2 you gotta party up right i like the only way to get consistent people that uh you can play with and get better with is to play with the same group over and over right uh, hopefully the group I play with over and over will get good enough. Yeah, no, you're never gonna gold never gonna eventually. go yeah. play competitive <laughs> with our group of people. Um, but I don't, yeah, I've read some stuff. It's like I, I yeah, there's some good advice in there. Like, oh, you got to stay alive, you got to die less. But then it's like, yeah, you got to like get a bunch of kills also, and that seems wrong. That seems like not what I should be principally trying to do as most... Like, Mercy as a character is just not built for that. She is yeah. not built to get any elimination. You, you'd and... have to play as Anna or Baptiste or something. Right. Someone that and is more way, offensive than healer. But right. your individual performance like is taken into account when you're ranking up? Supposedly? Like, in most games it's literally just did your team win that's then that's like, how it was in the first overwatch yeah right so I don't, I don't know like i think it might just be more win more get better teammates like yeah. there's not much you're gonna be able to do i mean i'm sure that there's like um seeking group stuff like on reddit and everything like that like you could find like i'm sure people want healers because not that many people want to play healer like you could find a group of people who actually know what they're doing and play with them when you want to play comp like solo queuing in comp is more for i feel like the the beasts you know like yeah. the kill the kills are in all in all other competitive game modes solo queuing is like a flex it's I, like oh i don't even need a squad of people who know what they're doing i can carry and as a healer you can't carry right like i which probably would explain why uh, solo queuing competitive as a healer. I am getting into games faster yeah, than, no when we, than when we as a group of five try to find a quick yeah. play match. Yeah, la last night there were five of us. We had a whole ass team and it still took two to three minutes to, to get into a match. Like all we had to do was find other people to play against. Gonna throw a little wrench in here. <gasps> uh skill-based matchmaking is in this game i believe Ooh. people who literally don't know the buttons are probably going to be hard to find <laughs> an actual competitive opponent for <laughs> that's like, fair then why are we winning why are we losing all the time Ryan? <laughs> because they're finding other people who are that fucking bad to pair you against and it takes a while sometimes like that's I, the only way my last my last point on overwatch 2 before i hopefully never talk about it on this podcast again because i oh are you stopped done? playing i it's hard Damn. it's hard to justify overwatch 2 is still gonna be a game that i play with my friends so that i can talk yes. to my friends yeah and that's that's all it's gonna be if we find something uh, else then 
fucking great. I think, but I think I've spent too much of my life already analyzing this game, trying to figure out what I like and dislike about it, how it works, some of the decisions. I've given it too much of my my bandwidth, my mental faculties. Um, I don't know what the punishment for quitting out of a competitive match is before it ends. Uh, but it is absolutely not high enough because that is happening one in two, one in three competitive matches I play. I I wonder if they lowered the punishment i remember they did this at one point in the first overwatch because their servers were fucky and people would get kicked out of the server and then they would get punished for quitting out Mm -hmm. and then oh and so i I wonder if i know that that was a big point of contention at one point so maybe they lowered it especially now that the servers are fucked and it takes so long to join and people are in these massive queues and people are getting kicked out if they change that so um do you get like higher tier rewards and stuff like that for being higher ranked in comp and everything like that um do you get better fucking loot boxes and skins there are no loot boxes anymore there's just a battle pass you do you do get more competitive points uh one of the i think like three currencies in overwatch 2 um i if you are a higher uh rank so like you would get more for gold than silver i do not know what those go towards though Ah. so there's there's this thing that's coming in fifa that a lot of people are talking about like weirdly enough um i thankfully have not completely run into it yet but um when you rank up into a certain division in fifa you Mm -hmm. can't actually go down like you, you even if you lose 15 games in a row you stay in that same division so if you accidentally kind of go on a hot streak and win enough games in a row you can find yourself in a division that it's like basically impossible for you to get a win <laughs> like you're just bashing your head against the wall constantly because everyone's so much better than you right i thankfully have not run into that yet fifa does like i i don't give a shit about what anyone says like there's 100% rubber banding in this game. Like sometimes your passing just feels better. Like it's just like, oh, the passes are hitting crisp. Like guys are getting open. Their defense isn't playing as well. Like when you lose enough games in a row, FIFA tries to help you, but they can only do so much. So if you get high enough, like you're just going to run into a team or into a level that you physically can't compete with. So, like, I was thinking about that because you got deranked and people are like, well, the alternative is to get deranked. And then if you go on a bad losing streak, you might just fucking like tank and it feels really depressing. And then you just give up the game and everything like that. And on FIFA in particular, like at the end of each week, you get rewards, which are literal cards that you can then play with based on how high you finished in the divisions. So and you have to get a certain amount of wins in order to get those rewards. Mm-hmm. So the system that I thought of that would make the most sense is a voluntary D-rank, right? Like FIFA's system of you can never D-rank, but then if you if you just want to fucking kill yourself, you can voluntarily You can do that. Rank you can kill yourself. Yeah, no, right. like you can literally be like, "No, nah, I want to go down a level." And like I don't see any downsides to allowing people to do that. Like, sure, there might be people that are like, I don't feel like losing. I'm going to pub stomp for a little while. Mm-hmm. But like, that's kind of unavoidable anyway. Like, you could just start a new account and right. smurf for a while. I don't know. I uh, it 
Yeah, and I think ultimately a lot of the frustrations with the design decisions in Overwatch 2 come from probably somewhere high up at Activision Blizzard making the decision, yeah, I don't care if it's a shit time, we just need as many people in there as possible engaging with this economy. Like yeah. this like the more people we have playing with it, the more the higher the likelihood of one of them spending fifteen thousand yeah. dollars to get Being every skin or whatever in this game, even if they're bad, even if they're toxic. And yeah, that's really disappointing. I'm really like so now I'm at the division in FIFA. I'm in division mm-hmm. six. So that's like right basically smack dab in the middle. D10 is the worst, D1 is the best. So I have like a pretty good team. Sometimes I'll come up against teams that are fucking stacked. Like they're just every position is a meta player. And it's just like you spent a lot of real money. There is no way to achieve that team organically. And they're always worse than when I come up against a team that's worse than mine. Like when I play a team that's worse than mine, it's someone who's being held back by their team who is very good at the game and otherwise would be in the high levels. And and like sometimes my guys can just like be better and like just like be built different and I can overcome it a little bit and try to be competitive. But usually I get fucking stomped by those people. When I come up against a team full of really good players at this like in the middle divisions, it's like, nah, you fucking bought your you don't know how to play like you're yeah. you're really bad. You don't know how to use these players. And it's kind of sad like that you got oh. this far with that team and like you're just bad at the game it's like how much real life money did you spend to like be where i am not having spent a single fucking penny and (laughs) like struggling i don't know but then it is kind of a testament to fifa's design and i know i know you never have to give it to them but i do okay honestly I i do give it to fifa they they do allow you to be free to play right i'm amazed every every time i win a game at this level I'm I'm impressed. Like I'm just like, you know what? I haven't spent a fucking dime. And I'm and I'm a guy who doesn't play like didn't really play that much FIFA, never played soccer. Like I don't actually know mm-hmm. any of the tactics behind what I'm doing. I've just kind of trial by errored my way into being somewhat competent. Like it, it, it's it is impressive to me that they allow that to exist. And I'm guessing it's just because they're holding out hope that mm-hmm. like one day I'll fucking splurge, you know. Like we'll, put just like, on, we'll put something on we'll put something on sale and then it'll be like well like i wouldn't normally put money on this but like this is so much less money than i would have to otherwise right or um, they'll just break me like they yeah. they have an algorithm they're like we're gonna build him up because that's the only way to really bring him low like we have we have to allow him to achieve a certain height so that we can fucking snap his spine <laughs> and get him to spend real money because he's like i can't fucking compete we we have created a profile of this user's brain chemistry, and we know exactly what stimuli we need to give him to give us $5 for a cool player in FIFA. Yeah. No, 100%. You should open your packs after a losing streak. After you lose four or five games in a row, open up some packs. I guarantee you will get at least one usable player. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They're just like, oh, yeah. No, oh, you're you're going through a rough time, huh? Oh yeah, you probably want to like take a break or give it some time. Like, bam, fucking look at this player. Don't you want to try him out? That's fucking awesome, right? Whoa. Uh, but that right is, back in. That's genuinely incredible to hear that uh not only can you be competitive uh without paying uh additional money in FIFA, 
you can't it's not just true pay to win either that you can only get so far oh, yeah. in that game no like eventually there'll be a level where like when some of the team of the year players come out where mm-hmm. they're just genuinely like on another level but you do still have to play like you do right. still have to score goals and everything like that and i feel like the skill gap widened a little bit because this year they have a lot less focus on pace and like how fast your players are because they've introduced other mechanics that are yeah. like equally as effective. So, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Although they do have a bug that I am abusing the fucking hell out of where basically you, you do a fucking super powered shot uh, off the outside foot that perfectly curves into the corner of the net Ooh. and the goalie can't stop it. Yeah. Like a lot of people are abusing it, but they only have right footed players that can do it. And I have Mohamed Salah, who's a left footed player. So I'm guaranteed to get like one goal because like everyone knows that this is an abuse that they need to patch. So you fucking when someone has the ball, even if they're far away, you're just fucking like push right up on them. You don't give them any space. You're like desperate. Like, no, he might as well be right in front of the goal, because if he gets this shot off, it is a guaranteed goal. Um, So everyone does that when they're on the right side of the field because it like curves from the outside but I have a left-footed player, so I'm guaranteed one goal before they realize, oh, shit, that's a lefty, and then I just, like, curve it in, get an easy one-goal advantage, uh, and then they're like, fuck, and then I'm able to be balanced and kick it from both the left side and the right side. I'm just fucking... Sometimes all of my goals are scored from it. Look at my guy. I'm just like, I I don't know what I could do. Like, I, I feel bad, kind of, but also, like... What am I supposed to do? It's literally meta. Like that's yeah. the concept of meta, right? Is you are using the most effective tactic, even if it's broken. Like uh, it's cheese. It's a sports game. I don't know. You kind of got to do what's available. Otherwise you're handicapping yourself. So. Oh, I dig it. I also dig episode 203 of the voluntary viewing podcast, which will almost certainly be titled. I celebrated by eating a lot of bread. If you like what you heard, like, comment, subscribe, etc. Check us out on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok for highlight clips. Act the link in the description to help a collection of great progressive causes. Support us either on Anchor or on Patreon, where you can join the likes of Tiffany Cole, Sucky Badger, and Central Richard Nixon. Uh, keep up to date by following the podcast on Twitter at V2 underscore podcast. And follow me at Lucas Writer on Twitter to keep up with all of my writing. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Yeah.